The following movie review comes from Dr. Jonathan Sullivan and is about Michael Bay's new film, The Island. His review contains both spoilers for the movie and political commentary. If either of those bothers you, it's a good time to skip ahead to that Marilyn Monroe tribute podcast you haven't told anybody is on your MP3 player. I went to see The Island with almost no expectations. I knew it was supposed to be vaguely science fictional, and that, being a Michael Bay film, it would feature prodigious amounts of mayhem, with lots of car crashes and explosions and spectacular collateral damage. Also, being a Michael Bay film, that it would fall far short of greatness, coming off either as harmless, dumb fun, like Bad Boys 2 or The Rock, or as a genuine and offensive assault on my intelligence. I still hate myself for paying money to see Armageddon. That one movie may yet prove to be the undoing of our species. But that's another rant. The Island is a different kind of Michael Bay film. Sure, you've got the car chases and the gunfights, and lots of stuff gets blown up real good. But at the core of this movie is a sly attempt to push a political agenda. The setup is clever, the plot is fairly intricate, the execution is entertaining, the mayhem is breathtaking, and the end product is a more offensive assault to our intelligence than Armageddon ever could have been. Ewan McGregor plays Lincoln Six Echo, the restless citizen of what is apparently a quasi-utopian post-apocalyptic society. He and his fellows live pampered but highly regimented lives inside what appears to be a futuristic apartment-building-come-health farm, as if the swanky Plaza Hotel in Manhattan were owned and operated by Big Brother and Werner Erhardt. Everybody wears white jumpsuits and pumas. Everybody eats lots of fiber and yogurt for breakfast and drinks Aquafina. There's product placement all over the place. They work at jobs that can only be described as mysterious busywork. The authorities run around in black jumpsuits, keep the men and women separated, and gently remind everybody to be nice and do what they're told. You get the idea that Lincoln is hot for one of the cuties from the women's dorm, played by Scarlett Johansson and her lips, but there's nothing he can do about it. So there's shades of THX 1138, only more benign, and Robert Silverberg's The World Inside, only no sex. Everybody in this world hopes for the same thing, to go to the island, the world's only remaining unspoiled paradise. Every now and then, there's a lottery, and one of the denizens of this curious society wins the grand prize. Shortly thereafter, the winner is shipped off to paradise, never to be seen again. Obviously, something deeply nefarious is going on, and obviously, our hero Lincoln has to stumble onto it. And so, now it's time for our... Spoiler Let's cut to the chase. With a little reluctant help from a scraggly cracker who works in the basement, played by Steve Buscemi as himself, Lincoln comes to bear witness to the horrible truth. The world he's been living in is, surprise, a lie. In reality, he and his comrades have been living in an organ farm. Lincoln and his friends have been cloned from people, very rich people living in the real world, so that their organs can be harvested at the appropriate time. In other words, Lincoln and his fellows are product, grown up in vats and raised in an elaborate facility run by an evil scientist, played by Sean Bean. When somebody wins the lottery to go live on the island, what they've really won is a one-way trip to a surgical suite so that their livers and kidneys can be freeze-dried in a high-tech Ziploc baggie. So, Lincoln figures it out, goes back for his girlfriend, and escapes from the facility, 
into the Arizona desert, and from there to Los Angeles, circa 2019, a.k.a. the real world. That's where director Bay steps on the clutch and shifts the movie into high gear. As usual, he gives us some rowdy and satisfying set pieces, with the shooting and the chasing and the crashing, and one of those horrific sequences of all-too-plausible freeway mayhem that had become a signature of his work. Lincoln's plan, formulated with a little help from the hapless Buscemi, is to get in contact with his sponsor, the real Lincoln. That's because, you see, nobody, not even the clients, knows that this highly illegal organ farm is using live, conscious human beings. If Lincoln can just confront his sponsor, who happens to be a wealthy Scottish boat designer dying of cirrhosis, he's sure to ignite a storm of moral outrage. Of course, it doesn't quite work out that way, and eventually we get the inevitable scene in which Lincoln and his rich doppelganger are both under the gun, each of them trying to convince the bad guys that he's the real Lincoln. This bit was already old when Shatner and Nimoy did it in the 60s, but no matter. By now the movie has played out enough that there aren't any surprises left, and it's just a question of how many more explosions it's going to take to get us to the happy ending. On that level, the level of cinematic amusement park ride the island works well enough. The action is bone-jarring. The depiction of the organ farm society is slick and at first intriguing, if ultimately derivative. McGregor, as Lincoln, is competent and sympathetic. Scarlett Johansson looks pretty. But there's a sly agenda at work here, one that panders to the very worst mischaracterizations of the potential of therapeutic cloning. In the course of a little info-dumping by Sean Bean, we learn that it's somehow impossible to create a suitable clone without creating consciousness. So you see, therapeutic cloning must inevitably create another complete conscious human being. Of course, that's a very unchristian and un-American thing to do, and it strikes me as no coincidence that Sean Bean and his foreign accent are cast as the organ farm's administrator, or that Ewan McGregor's rich Scotsman plays the nefarious client. You know, those liberal, secular, humanistic, godless European types and their iffy sense of right and wrong. In short, Michael Bay and writer Caspian Treadwell Owen, in a feat of breathtaking intellectual dishonesty, have set up the worst kind of straw man argument against the potential of therapeutic cloning. Whatever your position on the matter may be, it's a fact that nobody in the scientific or medical community has ever suggested growing up live, conscious adult human beings so we can hack them up for spare parts. But for Bay and Treadwell Owen, apparently, growing embryos and Petri dishes for stem cells is the same thing. Think I'm reading too much into this? Consider the name Bean gives his test-tube-grown products. Agnates. That's right. The heroic Lincoln Six Echo, his adorable girlfriend Scarlet, and all their innocent buddies back at the liver ranch are, literally, the unborn. In the climactic confrontation, Bean tries to abort the unborn Lincoln, strangling him with his bare hands. It's an image tailor-made for the religious right. You want to use science fiction to make a moral argument against therapeutic cloning? That's terrific. There are more than two sides to this complex bioethical conundrum, and good science fiction should always encompass a moral dilemma. But good science fiction needs to start with good science, not baseless hyperbole, pandering, and mischaracterization of the facts. On the surface, the island is a lot of fun. But it's bad science fiction, because it starts out with a moral conclusion and distorts the science and the story elements to fit that conclusion, without conducting an honest examination of the issue. 
I wonder when Hollywood will give us a skiffy action thriller about a society that's willing to sacrifice a 42-year-old mother of four with ALS to save a weak old clump of cells and a canister of nitrogen. I'm not holding my breath. That was Dr. Jonathan Sullivan for Escape Pod, the science fiction podcast magazine. You can find us on the web at escapepod.info. 